It's the Arthur Haynes Show. by Johnny Spate with music by the Temperance Seven. Yes? I, uh, just wondered if the vicar was in, madam. Oh, uh, just a moment. Yes, yes, okay. Uh, George? Uh, yes, dear? Well, there's a strange man outside, one Good morning, Vicar. Good morning indeed, yes. It's a very nice morning again, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Well, I mean, it's still cold, but it's fresh, you know. There's a Christmas in the air today, isn't there? It is crisp, yes. yes. Very crisp, yes. yes. <laughs> but what can I do for you? Well, as a matter of fact, uh, Vicar, I found Aitney outside your front gate. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I'd better hand that in. I thought, yeah, hand it in. I thought, hand it in. Well, that's extremely honest of you. Yeah, well, I am honest. I might be poor, but I'm honest. I'm very honest. Well, yes, I, I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm I mean, sure. some people, they, they might not have handed it in, but I thought, hello, someone must have lost it, so I thought the only thing to do was to take it into you, Vicar. Fetch it into you. Well, I, I don't really want it, you know. No, I know you don't want it, but someone might, though, mightn't they, you know. <laughs> I thought that you could sort of advertise it, you know, advertise it, you advertise know. Advertise it? Yeah, put it round the village that it's been found, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's hardly worth it, really, is it? It's not a very large sum of money. Well, it's not a large sum of money, I grant you that, but I mean, it might mean a very big sum of money to some people, mustn't it, Apney? I'm awfully sorry, I don't quite follow your reasoning. Uh, what do you mean exactly? Well, you take me, for instance, you know, yes. a bloke what's down on his luck. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was walking through the village this morning and I, I saw a pair of boots in one of the shops for 19 and 11 pence halfpenny. 19 and 11 pence halfpenny? Yeah, and they were second hand, mind you, but... Oh, I uh, see, yes, yes, of course, yes. <laughs> But they were still a bit better than the ones I've got on, you see. Oh, yes, yes, mm-hmm. Well, supposing that I went in to buy them, yes, and I found out that I didn't have the odd apony, then I couldn't buy the boots, could I? Oh, I see what you mean, yes, yes, of course. Well, now you can see how important that apony becomes in my life. Well, that's very interesting. You know, I'd never looked at it like that. I'll tell you what, old chap, you keep the halfpenny. What, and go down and buy the boots, you mean? Yes, yes. <laughs> and go down and buy the boots. Well, it's very nice of you, because I, I don't like to, really. I mean, it doesn't belong to me, the apony, and... I'd have it on my conscience. Well, I think in this case that you've shown yourself to be so abundantly honest that I'm sure the person would forgive you. Do you think so? Oh, I'm sure he would, yes. Well, I do need a new pair of boots, don't I? My goodness me, yes, yes, you do. Look here, my dear fellow, don't have this on your conscience for one moment. You take that hairpinny and go down and buy the boots. You sure it's all right? Yes, I, I'm, I'm sure it's all right, yes. That I should go down and buy the boots? Well, that's what I said, yes. With this hairpinny? <laughs> Well, yes, yes. Well, that's very nice of you, Vicar, but I've been thinking there's just only one little snag left. <laughs> one uh, snag? Yeah, but you see, even with this apony... Yes, yes, yes. I still haven't got enough money to buy the boots with. Oh, I see, yes. Well, my dear chap, I, I, you know, I really would like to help you. You've shown yourself to be so honest that I would really like to try and help you out. Now then, um, um, how, much, um, how much do you want? 
What? Uh, uh, now, now I've got this halfpenny. Yes, then now that you've got the halfpenny, I've got. Nineteen and eleven. Nineteen and eleven. Yeah, well, they're nineteen and eleven halfpenny, you know. I, uh... I said I would help you, and I won't go back on my word. There we are, my dear man. You take this pound. There we are. It's very kind of you indeed, Vicar. Now, the boots are 19 and 11 and safety, so you'll need eight me change, won't you? Yes, I suppose I will. Well, it's very funny, but I just have to have one on. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the temperance sub. Good evening, England. We've made one or two rather interesting little films, and it has been suggested that we might like to make another, an adult western. In an adult western, the hero still loves his horse, but he's worried about it. Here now is Alan Mitchell to sing a delicate little song to his steed. Brown eyes, why are you blue? Teardrops dim the light In your eyes so bright Just like raindrops dim the window pane When you're sad and blue Something's wrong with you Let me kiss the love light back Again Brown eyes Why are you blue? Brown eyes What can I do? Don't keep the sunshine Out of your eyes Say if you are wise You'll stop your crying Brown eyes Look up and Smiling is always in style Tears only add to your blues and troubles Troubles will float away Just like bubbles you know Honest and true Brown eyes should never be blue Just like bubbles, you know, 
Honest and true Brown eyes should never be the joys of a new house, the change of scene, new neighbours, but when one's neighbour is a certain Mr. Haynes, Esquire, the joys are doubtful. Oh, good morning. Oh, good morning. Nice morning? Yes, it's, it's a very nice morning. Um, is there something that you want? Well, I live next door, actually. Oh, you live next door, do you? Yes, oh, I'm your next door neighbour. Just well, how do you do? <laughs> oh, you're right. Very, very well indeed. Yes, sir. Uh, my name is Mr. Parsons, Mr. Nicholas Parsons. Oh, it's nice to meet you. Uh, what is your name? Haynes. Haynes. Well, that's H A Y N E S. Would you like to come inside, Mr. Haynes? Well, it's very nice of you. I. Thank no. you very much. When you just move in, it's nice to meet your neighbours. Yeah, well, I, I saw you moving in yesterday, and I, I thought I'd just come and have a little chat with you, really. I... Well, that's fine, that's fine. Let me let me give you a drink. Uh, would you like something? Uh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Uh, what would you like, sherry? Uh, not this time of the morning, thank you very much, no. Oh, well, what would you have? Gin. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, there we are. Would you like something in your gin? Yes, please. Uh, what would you like? Sherry. <laughs> Do for now, will it? <laughs> well, there we are. There we are. Oh, well, thank you very much. Well, as to you. You're very good health. Thank you. Now then, Mr. Haynes, what was it you wanted to uh, have a little chat about? Well, I was just wondering if I could sort of come to the same arrangement with you as I had with the other fellow that lived here. Oh, yes. Uh, what was that? Well, he used to let me use his phone. Oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry. No, I'm afraid I, I'm, I cannot have anything like that. I don't wish to appear unable, mind you, but I, at the same time, I have no intention of submitting to the inconvenience of that kind of thing. Oh, I see. But you don't mind sort of putting me to any inconvenience, do you? Well, I'm very sorry, but that is not my fault. I'm not going to have you running in and out of my house all day. I'm very, very sorry about this. As I said before, I do not wish to appear unnably, but I don't want people running in and out and dragging dirt and mud all over my carpets. Oh, well, I wouldn't do that, mate. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't be dragging no mud and dirt all over your carpet. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I'm afraid, look, I just don't wish you in and out of my house all day. Well, I won't be in and out of your house all day. I mean, I wouldn't inconvenience you one little bit, mate. I wouldn't do it. I, and that's the reason why I had that bill. What? That cupboard. But th that's my cupboard there. Oh, it's your cupboard, all right, but I had it built, you see. What do you mean you had it built? Well, it goes right through into my room, you see. <laughs> <laughs> do you mean to stand there and tell me that this cupboard here, yeah. in my room... Yeah, when you open the door, it goes straight through into my room. It's got another door the other side that opens into your room. Yeah, I had it built when the other bloke was here, you see. I mean, he used to put his phone beside it and then I could reach through and take it, you see, when I wanted it, you see. That sort of saved him getting up and coming to call me, you know. I've just been a little bit considerate, you see. Because I sit on the other side of this wall, you see, just there. A nice chap he was, the other fella. Very nice fella he was. He used to put his television over against that window. <laughs> then when there was anything I fancied, I'd just go over to the cupboard and have a look at it, you know. What damn cheek. <laughs> Absolutely infernal cheek you have. That cupboard now is not only my cupboard, but it happens to be the cupboard where I am going to keep my drinks. <laughs> well, I don't mind that, mate. <laughs> keep your drinks here if you want to. That suits me. And what is more, 
And what is more, my good man, the wall at the back of that cupboard is going to be bricked up. It's going to be solidly bricked up. And today. Oh, no, it's not, mate. I beg your pardon. I said, no, it's not, mate. It's not going to be bricked up at all, mate, that isn't. Well, I'm telling you that it is. Well, I'm telling you it's not, mate, because that wall there happens to be mine. What do you mean it happens to be yours? It happens to be mine, mate. And if you're not going to be neighbourly and let me use your phone, I'm not going to be neighbourly and let you use my wall. You mean your wall? <laughs> it's my wall. Oh, no, it ain't, mate. It's well, my wall. It's my wall as well as your wall. It's That's not what my... It's, look, it's my wall. When my dad bought this house years ago, he bought the walls as well. <laughs> <laughs> he believed in walls, my dad did. He said, every house should have walls. Well, he was quite right. Well, of course he's right. I know he's right. Every house should have walls. Well, it should have walls. As a matter of fact, you can't put a house up without walls. It happens to be one of those little things that builders are very careful about. <laughs> and that is why every house has walls. Except yours. <laughs> I mean, except mine. Well, except yours. You You're... mean except mine, except mine. Explain yourself, my good man. Explain yourself. Well, your house ain't got no walls, has it? You mean the house? What is that over there? Oh, not on this side, not where it joins mine. That's what I'm talking about, not where it joins what mine. What utter madness are you talking about now? These houses are terraced houses. That wall happens to be both yours and mine. That's what I'm trying to get into your thick skull, my good man. It's a dividing wall, a partition wall. That's the wall that separates our houses, your house and my house. And I might point out to you that that is the way that I intend to keep it. Well, that's where you're wrong, mate, isn't it? Because that wall happens to be my own personal private wall. Because my dad bought it years ago, mate. And if you like to have a look at your deed of covenant and read the very small print, which I, you ain't probably read yet anyway, you'll find that it is. And if that doesn't satisfy you, I've got a deed of contract in my house that will. So you can take those plates off that wall for a start, uh, mate. Don't start telling me what I can put on my walls. This is my house, my good man, and this side of that wall is mine, and I can hang what the devil I like on my wall. <laughs> Well, that happens to be my wall, and I can knock them off again, can't I? Like this, mate. Oh, you, you're playing it! You idiot! Why you stop doing that? Get out of my house! Get out of my house! You do that anymore, and I'll have the police on you. I'll have all those blue bobbies round here and get you, my goodness me. And what's more, what's more, I am taking this to court tomorrow. Ha, 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 ha! We'll soon see whose wall that is. That's right, mate. You take it to court. You'll soon find out whose wall it is, like all the others did, mate. I'm telling you. Yes, yeah, okay, Fred. Yes, Fred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I won the case again, yeah. How is he? Oh, he's sitting there sulking like all the others are, you know. Coming around at eight, are you? Is it? Good programme on the telly. Is it really? Oh, yeah, I've got a new one now, 22 inch. Yeah, smash it, is it? <laughs> all right, yeah, all right. Well, I'll see you at eight o'clock then. I say, uh, excuse me, uh, Nicholas. <laughs> yes? My mate's coming round at eight. Get your television warmed up, will you? Get out! We're going to play for you our world-famous signature tune with Alan Moody Mitchell, therefore, and the gentleman of the Temperance Seven, Home in Pasadena.
in the world. Whether this be true or not, we certainly need our courts of law to protect the individual against, well, most times another individual. And sometimes this other individual might be one's wife or husband. Now, I don't want any more of this disturbance in court. If I have any more uproar like that, I shall have to clear the public gallery. Now, just contain yourselves, please. Um, Miss Dampier. Yes, this man here, Haynes. Yes. Have we had him up here before? Oh, yes, Mr. Parsons, yes. It was, uh, what was it before? A matches. Oh, yes, of course, matches, yes. yes. He's a tramp, isn't he? A vagabond. That's right, and his wife. They're both vagabonds. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, well, we'll have to try and... The charge this time is failure to maintain his wife. Oh, failure to maintain his wife. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Haynes? Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Mr. Haynes, you have heard the charge read out. Oh, uh, yeah, read it out just now, didn't I? That's right, yes, yes, yes. I it's... I did when I heard it. <laughs> it uh, appears, Mr. Haynes, that you have failed to maintain your wife. This is your wife, is it? Well, it's a bit hard to tell, isn't it, really? I mean, it could be anything under those rags, if you ask me. <laughs> Look at her, the dirty, scruffy old rat bag. Well, who's talking? Old Bo Brummel over there. <laughs> Look, if I'm a dirty, scruffy old rat bag, mate, it's you what's brought me down to it. Brought you down? <laughs> brought you down, lifted you up, you mean? Lifted you up, I stepped down out of my class, Your Honour, to marry her. I thought I could make a lady out of her. I must have been some blind, quixotic fool. I must <laughs> you can't bridge the gaps, Your Honour. That's what I found out. You can't bridge the social gaps. All that Pygmalion stuff, you know, it don't work in real life. You can't make pedigrees out of mongrels, Your Honour. Here, here, here. Who's a mongrel? Don't you start calling me a mongrel. Will you both try and control yourselves and keep quiet, please? Keep quiet and let him talk about me like that. I'm not having him talk about me as if I was a dog. I'm not an animal. I'm a human being. I'm not a dog anyway. He couldn't even provide a kennel for me if I was a dog. <laughs> Can you both manage to keep quiet for just a moment while I think and have a talk on this damn here? What, never maligning me like that in front of witnesses? Will you shut up? Well, you keep her quiet then. I said shut up. Well, I'm not having her blackening in my name in I... front of all these people, mate. Us... I've always tried to keep myself up to scratch your head. I've never let myself go like she has. Look at her. How do you expect anyone decent to live with her, eh? I ask you, Your Honour, would you fancy coming home to her every night? If you don't keep quiet, I shall have you both for contempt of courts and thrown into the cells for the night. Hey, just a minute, you. You can't throw me to the cells, mate. I'm here defending myself and I'm entitled to have a hearing. I know me rights, mate. Have them removed, Mr Parsons. A night in the cells will do them both yes, good. I think you're absolutely right. Wait, excuse me, what did, what did you... Just a minute. What did you say? I said a night in the cells would do you both good. Who asked you to poke your big fat nose into it? <laughs> I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to him, missus. How dare you address the bench like that, you impertinent fellow. Now look, missus, politeness costs nothing. Costs nothing at all. You spoke when you're spoken to. Well. Who's running the court, you or him? Now, just a minute, my good man. You're showing great contempt for this court. Whether you speak to me or my colleague has nothing to do with it. It's none of your business. Well, I say it is, mate. I'm being tried by this court. I want to know who's in charge. Will you please, Mr. Parsons, have him removed at once? I object strongly to being treated like this. Well, now, you must control yourself, Mr. I Look, really this fellow is a vagabond. Either remove this man or I shall go. I refuse to sit here and be insulted. Oh, go on, then. Up it, then, mate. Go on, up it. I mean, we can get on without you, you know. You're like a ruddy great dictator, you are. Oh. <laughs> Isn't it marvellous, eh? They used to be slaves once, they did, women, before they got emancipated. <laughs> Now look at them, they're trying to take over. She started that, my old woman started that. She tried to take over, she tried to come that lark until she got my hand round the back of her ear hole. <laughs> that knocked all the emancipation out of her, it did. Mr Parsons, either he goes or I go. Now look, look, Mr Amber, you must control yourself. I look. will control myself, but I say I will not be insulted. Now look, don't you understand that this man is obviously a head case? I know he's a head case, but he's will you please do something about it? I will not stand here and be insulted. I've told you this is wrong. Oh, control yourself, please. All right, I will. not align for the Wait. very reason to upset him. Oi. Oi. Has upset Both me. of them are very, very far gone. Oi. I know they're far gone. We've been up before. Oi. 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 O
Have you got anything to say? Out with it. Let's all hear it. Now look, now look, I'm giving you a warning. I hope you have sufficient intellect to understand this. And I want you to pay heed to it, my good man. If I have any more outbursts from you, I shall have you removed to the cells and you will stay there. Oh, I see. You're getting the old jackboots out. Oh, yeah, hey. It's true, mate. It's true what they say. They're rising again. They get a little bit of peace and they're at it again. The oppressors of freedom and discrimination. Well, I might tell you, Judge, that I fought for this country, mate. To make it free, I fought. Up to me neck in muck and bullets, mate. <laughs> you fought? You fault. Yes, I fault. You, I know where you was during the war. You was hiding in me mother's attic, that's where he was. <laughs> he was trembling and shaking in case the Germans got here. Who, me? Yes, you. Don't be so daft. You phoned the war office. They'll tell you where I was during the war. They'll tell you how I got these medals. Her uh, mother's attic. Her mother never had an attic. She did. How can you have an attic in a caravan? <laughs> Her family didn't even know the war was on. They couldn't even speak English. All they knew about was flogging washing pigs. When I, did you know what? When I joined the army, Judge, she sued me for desertion. She thought I'd left her. Yes, he's telling lies, Your Honour. We did have a house during the war. Our caravan got bombed and we lost all our pigs. We lost everything. And we had to move into an house and that's how I met him. I went up in the attic one day and there he was hiding up there. It was his mum and dad's house, see? And he'd gone up there to hide just as soon as the war broke out so he could dodge the call-up. And when the bombing started, his mum and dad moved out and they never told him, see? Because they was always trying to get rid of him and they kept leaving him on doorsteps when he was a baby. But people kept on bringing him back. Do you know he traced them again a few years ago and when he knocked to see him, they made out they didn't even know him. Well, I changed, didn't I? And you leave my mum and dad out of this, it's got nothing to do with you. They disowned me, Your Honour, because I married out of my class. That was my mistake, mixing the bloods. You can't mix bloods, Your Honour. All right, all right, all right. I think I've heard quite enough. Now, listen. Uh, you, my good woman, when did this man leave you? Oh, he ain't left me yet. No, but he will if he gets half a chance, though. You see, I don't trust him. I have to follow him everywhere. But if he hasn't left you, you can't very well claim maintenance. Why not? I've got to leave, haven't I? He ain't maintained me for years, not since I married him. Look, this is all what he's ever given me. Look, look, one pair of bloomers, four sizes too big. <laughs> he only married me for me money. I oh, know what his game was. Married you for your money? What money? What money are you talking about? I had 30 bob when I married him. <laughs> and as soon as it was spent, he was off. Or tried to be. Uh, is this true, Mr. Haynes? No, she's never had 30 bob in her life, that one. I mean, is it true that you failed to maintain your wife since you married her? Well, I ain't got no money, mate. I mean, you can't get blood out of a stone, can you? Well, why don't you get a job? And why don't you belt up? <laughs> As a matter of fact, Your Honour, I'm waiting for one now. I've got my name down for it. I'm just waiting for it, that's all. Uh, what uh, kind of a job is this? Pavement artists. Yes. He's been waiting 20 years for it. Well, it's worth waiting for, isn't it? I mean, it's a nice little number like that, it is. It's my brother's picture, see, Your Honour, I'm spoken for it. I mean, if anything happens to him, it's mine. I mean, it's a marvellous little number. All the pictures are already painted. All I have to do is sit there and pick up the money, that's all. I mean, my brother shouldn't last much longer now. I mean, it's those stone slabs, you know. They do them in quick now, you know, those stone slabs. Especially this weather, the chill runs right through them, you know. <laughs> well, I think I've come to decision. I'm going to place you both under the care of the court for a little while. We'll find a job for you, 
And we'll also try and find you some accommodation. Oh, I don't want no accommodation. No, I've got enough work cleaning around that bench without cleaning up houses. I don't want to clean up no houses. Oh, Mr Parsons, they're both a pair of lazy good-for-nothings. She's really just as bad as this. That's what I knew. That's <laughs> my wife you're talking to, and I'd like you to treat her with a little bit of respect, if you don't mind. And I should like you to treat this court with some respect. We've both sat here and listened to your rantings and ravings for quite a considerable time. Now, will you both come up here to me, please? Now, it is obvious to me that you're no good. <laughs> it's also obvious that your wife is in the right. So I've decided to allow your wife 30 shillings a week. Well, that's very good of you, and if I can, I'll chip in with a couple of bob myself, Your Honor. <laughs> get out! Get out of this court! Get out of the court! Dorothy Dampier and Patricia Hayes in sketches by Johnny Spade with music by the Temperance Seven. The show produced by Richard Dingley. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.